It's time now for Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is underwritten by the Knights of Columbus, Council 6923, and Fishers, and is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. If you have any comments or suggestions for this program, please contact Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org. Or call 317-870-8400. Now, here's today's edition of Faith in Action. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, Jim. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And Bridget, we got a couple little uh, announcements here we want to just squeeze in here. One is the uh, little promo for our dinner. Our Catholic Radio annual dinner is coming up on August 24th. August 24th. That's a Tuesday. It'll be at the uh, Northside Events and Social Club, formerly known as the Knights of Columbus Hall at that same location, still run by the Knights of Columbus, but just a new name for the facility there. Would love to see you on August 24th. Our guest is going to be Father Vincent Lampert, Father Vince Lampert, and he is the uh, exorcist for the Archdiocese. Always lots of interesting uh, facts to share with us and stories to tell. And all, he's also author of a brand new book on exorcism. So Father Lampert is a uh, somebody you will want to hear. So if you haven't made your reservations yet, you can go to our website, catholicradioindy.org, or you can call us here at the station at 317-870-8400. And we want to sneak in a little uh, thing we've been talking about here. It's not really news. Maybe it is to you. Uh, but I've been with Catholic Radio now for 17 years since it signed on in 04, and we'll be retiring soon. And we are looking for a warm body to fill my chair. <laughs> you're, you're irreplaceable, Jim. <laughs> but we need to replace you, right? Uh, I'm sure I am not. <laughs> uh, but uh, we are looking for people who um, you know, would like to be considered uh, for the position of general manager here at Catholic Radio Indy. So if that's you or somebody you know, give us a call or drop us a, a note. I'm going to give you a um, an email here in just a minute, but you can always call the station at 317-870-8400, 317-870-8400, or you can drop me an email at jim at catholicradioindy.org. Again, it's jim at catholicradioindy.org, and uh, great job. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. It's been challenging. It's been everything a job can never, be. Never dull, right? <laughs> never dull, Jim, right? Never, never dull. So, uh, you know, if that sounds like something you or somebody you know might be interested in, well, check it out. We'd love to hear love to talk to you. Well, um, on July 4th, we celebrated American Independence, which is uh, our, our Independence Day. But we also celebrate another exciting celebration, and that is the Feast Day of Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. And here to talk about his life and impact on the church is Christine Wohar. She is the author of Finding Frassati. Um, and uh, she joins us and introduces her new book, Finding Frassati, and Following His Path to Holiness. Welcome to Faith in Action, Christine. Thank you. I'm, I'm, this is a treat. I didn't know I was being um, spending some time with a legend from the station. There, uh, I'm glad I got to. I'm glad I got to be on before you retired, Jim. Uh, all the best to you in those days. Uh, well, Appreciate th this. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
Well, Jim is definitely a legend, but I, I understand you're quite a legend, too. I, I believe that you are a, a world expert on Frasati, and I want to hear uh, how you got introduced to him, and then you can share who, who he is. Just the name sounds like it ought to be a fashion designer, you know, <laughs> jeans by Frasati. Yeah, or, I, I can you know, see on that. On the red carpet, you're wearing Frasati tonight, oh, but not, but, <laughs> right. but, but not, a, not a designer at all, right? There's actually a white table wine very common in uh, Rome in Italy called Frascati, which yes. uh, is, is when I think of him, too, when you, somebody <laughs> orders a bottle of Frascati. Um, well, I was introduced to Pier Giorgio by the parish associate pastor at the church where I started going when I moved to Nashville to go to law school. So this was the joke the Lord played on me, right? I thought I came to Nashville to go to law school which I did, and I am still licensed. I don't, I don't really practice, but I'm, I'm licensed. Keep all my accreditation and things current. But really, from the day I got to Nashville, it seems like there was another uh, reason, and maybe it was the. It's been a common thread throughout my life ever since I landed here in Nashville of Blessed Pietro Giorgio Frassati, and it really came about with uh, the pastor wanting to start a youth, a group for young adults, and he asked me to help which kind of was a crazy notion when I'm new and don't know any young adults in the area. And I had certainly never heard of Blessed Pietro Giorgio Frassati. But here we are, um, and now I'm an expert. Somehow that's the way the Lord arranged it in my life. Um, one of those things, I joke with people and say, don't die after me because I'm going to have so many questions you'll have to wait to get all, <laughs> all of yours answered. Lord, what were you thinking? But it's been a wonderful, great adventure. Well, you actually met... Um some of the family members of, P I, I can never say it right, Pier Giorgio Frassati. Talk about how that okay. happened. How'd that happen? Well, uh, again, it, it's just a God thing because we, I went to Rome in 2006 to meet uh, a friend who was over there and bring some family members over to visit with her. And we arranged, she arranged this meeting with Wanda Gavronska. She knew about my involvement with Frasati groups in Nashville. And so she thought, and the, the headquarters, let's call it that, of Frasati in, in Italy was in Rome. We were going to Rome, and she tried to arrange to meet with somebody. And she arranged a meeting with a woman called, named Wanda Gavronska. And she emailed me and asked me, what did I think? And I thought, we don't have a lot of time in Rome. We really don't want to waste our time, you know, with Wanda Gavronska. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I Googled Wanda Gavronska um, and learned that she was the niece of Pier Giorgio Frassati and thought, well, I guess after all, we, <laughs> we have time. <laughs> and things really went from there because we had planned on that trip to go to the home, uh, to go to Turin, where Pier Giorgio's body is in the, in the Cathedral of Turin. And Wanda, his niece, said, where are you staying? We had hotel reservations. She said, why stay at a hotel when you can stay in the house of the saint himself? And she invited us to spend, we imagine, we went and arrived there on Easter Sunday. Just dropped in. She called her sister, who was at the house with her family, and she said, I'm sending up these four Americans. And we showed up, and they, they gave us the remote control to the big cancella, the big gate, and left us on our own, really. We spent Easter Sunday um, and a couple of days after that in the home of Blessed Frasati. Wow. And, and uh, in the book, um, Finding Frasati, Bishop Egan writes a beautiful foreword, and he says, 
he firmly believes that we don't choose the saints, the saints choose us. And let me tell you, that sounds <laughs> being chosen by the saint, because to wake up in the house of Pier Giorgio on, uh, you know, the day, on Easter Monday, I, things like that, you can't write these things. You know, you know it's God. When you have doubts in ministry work, I know there are a lot of people out there in ministry. You yourselves really are in a sort of this big sense in the great ministry um, landscape, and Sometimes you wonder why you're doing things, but it's always nice to have those reference points where you can say, God is so in this that there's no other explanation, and then you, you keep going through the, the difficult days. Now, what you were just describing, was that uh, before or after you wrote the book about Frasati? The, the book is just actually coming out um, now. Oh, okay. Okay, so, so all of that was uh, kind of prompting to, to make this happen. That's really how Frasati USA began, because um, I was practicing law. Um, and this was really, well, I was practicing law, and then I, I, I also have an MBA, and I, I was working um, in, a, in a, I was running a business department in a, a local college at the time that I took that trip. And I was licensed practicing law. So I, this was not, never on my radar. But when I came back from that trip, I resigned my position because Pierre Giorgio's niece had said, I need someone like you. And, I, you know, it was one of those things there in the house, kneeling at the bed where he died in the house in, in Italy. Um, I just knew it was something that I had to do. And so I, I came back and had a major change in my life. And a few months later, went back to Italy for an extended stay with his niece, Wanda, which is where I got to meet his sister. Um, I arrived in Italy on that trip on August 16th. A lot of things happened in my life on major Marian feast days, and so mm. I set off on August 15th on the Feast of the Assumption. And I arrived in Italy with the time change on the 16th, and August 18th is the birthday of Pier Giorgio's younger sister, Luciana, and she turned 104. So I was able to celebrate her 104th birthday with the family, mind you, the family and just a few of the friends that were there with ice cream cake, Italian ice cream cake on the veranda. So um, in that time frame of spending that, that, that period of time there is when Forsyth USA was born in a sense because we kind of talked about how could I be helpful in promoting the message of Pier Giorgio. And what became evident was to come back to the U.S. and begin this ministry here and, and take a lot of the pressure off of his niece who was trying to do everything from Italy. So tell us what Frasati USA is. You touched on it a little bit in terms of promotion of the saint. Is it more than that? Well, for me, that's what it is. <laughs> it's promoting the spirituality of Blessed Pier Giorgio. A lot of people think that my job is to get him canonized and ask me, why isn't he canonized yet? I'm not the postulator, so the postulate. I've learned a lot about the whole canonization process through this, but when I got involved, Pierre Giorgio was already blessed. He was declared blessed by Pope John Paul II in 1990. So we just celebrated this past May 20th, his 31 years of being beatified. Um, there are miracles that get reported a lot of things get reported to me that I would say are um, powerful things that Pierre Giorgio has done in people's lives, but the canonization level require, of miracle requires physical healing, and those have been reported as well. In fact, we did a video about one from a young man in New York. But um, 
Pierre Giorgio's uh, process is beyond my pay grade, I like to say. My, <laughs> my real motivation is to bring his spirituality into our culture. I like to think that Pierre Giorgio is the antidote for everything that's wrong in our culture, especially our Catholic culture, which, which the, the culture and your Catholic faith should be consistent, right? We should be a Catholic, not just inside the walls of the Church, but especially outside. We go to receive the Eucharist, and we're called to take it out. And that was really what Pierre Giorgio models. He's a true model for the laity. Um, he's a patron for young people, of course, but I really see that as the primary objective of Frasati USA, to show people with a wonderful, attractive example that holiness is possible, and you really need to try. I want to talk a little bit about um, why he is considered the man of the Beatitudes. Well, Pierre Giorgio got that title almost like a nickname from Pope John Paul II before he was Pope. And in a funny set of circumstances, Cardinal Voitia at the time, Cardinal of Krakow, was in, asked to come over to a Dominican um, big Dominican uh, church in Krakow, in the main square there, if anybody's been there, to open an exhibit. And they had a beautiful exhibit uh, to open a, a, a conference for uh, university students, I should say. And they had, in conjunction with that, a large exhibit, beautiful pictures of Pier Giorgio. And Pope John Paul II, uh, Cardinal Voitia then, he had a devotion to Pier Giorgio. He said, that as a young man he was inspired by the example of Pierre Giorgio because they were both in uh, a group that still exists called Catholic Action, still a very um, important ministry and uh, association in Italy and around the world. He saw those pictures of Pierre Giorgio and he got excited and he went to the young people and he said, go and behold these photos. The man of the eight Beatitudes who brings to us the joy of the gospel. So it really stuck. And then again at his beatification homily, he called him again the man of the Beatitudes because he brings the life, the life of the joy of the gospel, literally. I mean, he shows us how to live, not the rule-based, all oh, the church has so many rules, you know, it keeps us down, it's confining, rather the freedom that the rules give you in living out the Beatitudes. It's exactly the opposite of what the culture and our world today says. And we'll come back to that. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, Frasati when we come back. Uh, so stay tuned for more Faith in Action. Across America, there are quiet heroes changing lives every day. When disaster strikes, they lend support. They give hope to those in need, warmth to the cold, and help to those society ignores. Over the past decade, they have given more than $1.5 billion and 700 million hours to charity. When it comes to making a difference, the Knights of Columbus are on the front lines. Become a Knight and be the difference. Learn more at kofc.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Eyre. Our guest is Christine Wohar. She is the author of Finding Frasati. Um, and I want to ask a little bit about his life. He is a blessed. Um, tell us a little bit about the time frame that he lived in, uh, when he died. You know, was did he live a long time or what? Give us give us all the scoop on that. Well, Pierre Giorgio was born in 1901. Okay, um, and, which it, which seems I guess it's a short time ago. It might seem a long time ago, but one of the most probably the most common 
uh, comment that I have is he is so relatable, so relatable. And so when you see a picture of him, there's a beautiful picture of Pietro Giorgio at 16 years old wearing a white collared shirt. He was sitting in a chair, and his mother said to him, you look beautiful, stay there, and she went and got a camera and snapped a photo. That photo of Pierre Giorgio could look like any young man walking down the street today. Um, he, he was born into a very wealthy family, uh, affluent family, an influential family. His father was a journalist who uh, purchased a newspaper, renamed it La Stampa, the leading morning paper in Italy at the time, when people only got their news really from the paper. So he was very important. He became a senator an ambassador to Germany. So Pierre Giorgio was exposed to a lot of uh, wealth. He had a butler, a chauffeur, maids, cooks, everything in the house, a gardener, and so on. Um, the family had a nice, expensive car. His mother was an artist, a very good artist, and quite a, quite a personality. The family had a very, um, the parents had a very difficult, unhappy relationship. Doesn't mean they didn't love their children. Of course they did, but that's difficult for anyone who has parents who don't get along. And they were on the verge of separation when Pierre Giorgio died. He died at the age of 24. Um, one of the uh, things that the family didn't understand about Pierre Giorgio is he spent so much time serving the poor. So he apparently contracted polio from one of those visits to the sick, a hospital maybe where he went because he would go to places that had the sickest types of people, leprosy and cases like that, or from the poor. And he died within six, six days. While his grandmother was dying, he was largely ignored laying in bed because his grandmother was dying of old age in the home. And by the time the family learned he was seriously ill, which was July 3rd, um, it was too late. They called for the doctor, diagnosed the polio, and the next day, he died July 4th. Oh and so his feast day is the 4th of July because it's the day he died, which is very common for saints. Um, but it's, it's always nice for us here in the country. We can celebrate it. Of course, his death was not celebrated. The 4th of July would never have been a date his family celebrated, but we can, in God's divine providence, how he worked it all out, we can celebrate it now. So how did he pursue worldly success? Well, that's a trick question, Bridget, because... <laughs> Pierre Giorgio did not, did not pursue worldly success. It was quite the opposite. In fact, Pierre Giorgio could have, I always joke and say, he could have taken those easy courses in college, but he studied, he chose to study mining engineering. I mean, his father expected him to work at the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Pierre Giorgio wanted to work down in the mines where the poorest laborers were back at those times when it was the most horrific conditions. My own grandfather worked in the mines here in, in this country, and I've heard the stories about how terrible the conditions were down in the mines. And, and mind you, this is a young man who loved to climb the mountains. He was a great athlete, um, swimming, canoeing, biking, skiing, but mountain climbing above all. And he said um, if he could spend his entire days in the mountains, if his studies allowed him, he would spend his entire days there contemplating the greatness of the creator and yet he was prepared to work down in the mines so um, he was very self-sacrificing lived an incredible life of charity and um, that's where why he's in the uh, what led into the canonization process when he died thousands of poor came out into the streets and that's when they discovered this young man was the son of this influential family and that's when his family discovered how do these people know our son his father said to his mother, we did not know our son, you know, because they realized at that moment how many people he was helping, um, and mostly anonymously, never using the family name. So he chose to work in the coal mine versus 
doing other things that he could be doing. Right, but it never happened because he died. And mm. also his father had the manager at the newspaper approach him when he was close to graduation and said, your father has a place prepared for you and he expects you to work uh, at the paper. And the man said, with uh, Pierre Giorgio, with tears in his eyes, said, if that will make my father happy, then tell him I accept. So he died short of completing his college degree. Um, and we never know how that story would have ended. I suspect he would have taken that job at the desk and his father would have seen how unhappy he was in, in some, at some point and maybe he would have been able to go about more of his life of serving the poor. But, you know, Pierre Giorgio, when you look at him, he has everything I think that a young Americans say they want today, wealth, um, good looks. He had a great sense of humor, was a practical joker. He had so many friends. And I just read a report today on friendship, how many people in this country have so few friends. Um, and I like to think of him as a patron of friendship. So he's very relatable. He looks like us. He, he, he struggled through a time when the church was under attack. He was in a time when the fascists and socialists were taking over the politics in his country. Um, so many things then are so uh, really contemporaneous with how we're living now. And yet he was joy. He was called an explosion of joy. He found joy. He lived out his faith courageously. He would be on the street if there was a procession. He would defend the church, went to the Eucharist daily, loved the Blessed Mother, but was an ordinary guy. And so I, I really think he's just a tremendous model for the lady that people should get to know. How has he impacted your faith? Well, uh, for that, that's, that's exactly how I'm getting to know him. I always say Pierre Giorgio does two things for you. He uh, takes away all, there's no pressure. He removes all the pressure of being a Catholic, and he removes all the excuses. So um, I, don't wow. have to be a, uh, I don't have to be a super saint. Pope Francis said saints are not people who were born perfect, supermen who were born perfect. So I don't have to be a super saint and do, like, phenomenal holy things that we think we have to do, but he takes away the excuses. I have to try to be holy. There's no reason for me not to try, cause, because he shows that holiness is possible, holiness is attractive, Holiness can be fun, and it's attainable and something we all can do. So I, I can't just make an excuse, oh, that's, holiness is for those priests and nuns and bishops and people with great graces. It's for me, it's for you, it's for everyone. And that's really what he, he does for me is make me remember that today I can choose to be holy. St. Catherine of Siena said it's heaven all the way to heaven, and in the spirituality of Blessed Pierre Giorgio, I think you experience that. So what was your favorite part about writing the book, and how long did it take to put it all together? I'm just really curious. Well, um, A lifetime? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, so many people have been saying, you should write a book, you should write a book. But um, this book, um, one of my, sis my youngest sister, Lisa, uh, who homeschools, is, says to me, I, she doesn't have time to read a lot. It would be so much better if we had shorter reflections. And so that's really, this book came about in, in kind of an answer to people wanting to have not a detailed biography, because there are very, very few books about Pierre Giorgio in English, and most are biographies. Well, they're all biographies or slightly academic in nature. And so this is really more of, my goal was to break down his spirituality into, uh, it's 40 shorter bites, say. So you can read a little bit each day. There's a prayer at the end, um, and a simple action step to start to live his spirituality, because as your incredible program, Faith in Action, that's really the whole point, right, is 
the book should inspire you to um, a greater friendship with this particular blessed I think you will have when you finish it. But it should inspire you to put your faith in action as he did. And so I think it was just, it's been a fun process to see it materialize. And um, my real prayer is that it will do what the ministry intends to do, which is help people to become stronger in their faith, live a sacramental life, and learn how to bring their own personal spirituality into the culture, which so desperately needs good, holy models of uh, Catholicism. I want to go back real quick. We just have a couple minutes left um, to the Beatitudes. Again, how did how did he uh, really live those out? Well, for instance, uh, number one, blessed are the poor in spirit. Pierre Giorgio was the model of detachment. He came from a very wealthy family, but he said, um, I am poor like the poor, and I want to serve them. So uh, when his sister got married, the grandmother gave her a gift of 3,000 lira, and she gave Pierre Giorgio 1,000, and she said, and this is for you and not for your poor. He took that money, he divided it into two gifts, and gave it to a, a poor organ, organizations that served the poor in her name. He was so detached. Um, he, he lived his life, like I said, in service to the poor and the sick around him in the beatitude sense of Jesus came to him every day in communion and he took that gift and took it out into service service of the poor. So I, I just think he embodies that uh, to the fullest. Now, if you could give um, our listeners uh, how to connect with you, um, the website of, of your uh, Versace USA, what's that? It's easy, FrasadiUSA.org. <laughs> um, the goal, one of the goals of USA is to be the source for accurate information. So if you read something somewhere, hopefully that if it's wrong, you'll, you'll know it. Um, and the book, Finding Frasadi, um, is right now pre-ordered stage still. It comes out August 1st in the stores August 1st. So they can get the book at SophiaInstitute.com, Finding Frasadi. Well, we have learned a lot here, Christine. Um, Again, you had that little relic of um, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Where did you get that? Uh, well, this I got. Was it a gift? Um, my, uh, I, well, this was a gift. I told you when I went to Easter Sunday to stay at the family home, which was totally spontaneous. The friend I was with, a Dominican sister, actually, she had gotten this for me and gave it to me at the foot of Pierre Giorgio's bed. Um, it was actually issued on April 6th, his birthday. I have the paperwork here. And so um, that really was when Pierre Giorgio chose me, I should say. It's a very precious gift. So actually, we not only did we uh, um, interview the author here, but we, we Pierre Giorgio is with us too, right? We have that presence, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Our guest today has been Christine Wohar, uh, author of Finding Frasati. Um you can get it at Sophia, com, and you can connect with her at ForsatiUSA.org. Thank you so much again, Christine, for being our guest today. Thanks. God bless and good luck, Tim. You've been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is underwritten by the Knights of Columbus Council 6923 and Fishers, and is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. If you have comments or suggestions for guests or topics for this program, please email Bridget at catholicradioindy.org. That's B-R-I-G-I-D at catholicradioindy.org or call 317 317- 
870-8400. This program is pre-recorded.